Good morning, everybody, and welcome. You are locked and loaded right here on rumble.com slash LFA TV. This is Live from America, and I am your ever so humble, God-fearing, God-loving host of the show, Jeremy Harold, the hip-hop patriot. We're broadcasting, as always, from the live free or die granite state of New Hampshire. And I'd like you guys to say hello to my producer. Give him some love. Producer Eli, what you doing today, man? Well, hey there, Jeremy. I just wanted to say thanks for cutting over to me. And I hope everybody likes my new mic stand where I'll be buzz, buzz, buzzing in your ear much clearer now. Hit that like button, hit that share button, and let's send it right on back to my man, Jeremy. I think Eli's trying to get a job at NPR. I think that's what he's trying to do. He'll be broadcasting alongside of Spen <laughs> from some liberal country. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, let us know who you are. We've got Denise in the building. How you doing, Denise? Brenda in the building. How you doing? Good to see you. Thank you very much for joining in today on Rise. I know this is <laughs> Rise Up on Live from America. I appreciate it. Who else we got in the building today? John, how you doing, John? Good to see you. Thank you very much for joining in. C.R. Taz, how are you? Keith Day 77. Miguel Ortiz is watching today. Logan, Suzanne Vermontis is here. It's me, 77. Deb Pollen, how are you? Dana Quebb, thank you for joining in today. Darlene Dempsey, God bless you and, and thank you for being here. Bordeaux Jewelry from North Kakalaki is in the building. Crystal from Arizona is here. How are you, Crystal? Scotty, all the way from the backyard days. C. Ward is here today. Mix is in the building. Foxy is here. S. Marvel is here today to watch some live from America. Who else we got? N.L. Goldley. MAGA Mom is here. CQ is in the building. Paula H. or Paula H88. How are you? Cat 352. Bacard 1. And we'll give one more here to Deb Yoakum from Tennessee. How are you? Thank you all for joining in today. Man, I, uh, I'm very excited about today's show. It is an absolute uh, newsworthy, jam-packed two-hour show today. As you can see, we got the old-school background up. We got that cross laying on that red, white, and blue, baby, because that is to signify and, and represent that we are a Christian nation, whether you like it or not. Too bad, so sad. It's also Joshua's birthday today, so happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Joshua. Happy birthday, to you. Happy birthday, Joshua. Hello, Janice from West Virginia. Ordered your flannel. Well, that's beautiful. We have both men's and women's LFA TV flannel shirts now on JeremyHarrell.com. Secure yours today. We only got a limited amount of each. Hopefully, we'll get another order uh, in soon. How you doing, Alan Carol Morris? We have the, uh, the blue and black, which is like this. Or actually, it's blue and dark blue. We have uh, red and black, and we have gray and black. So... Take your choice, right? Uh, Again, folks, let me just give you a quick rundown of today's show while you guys are sharing the video and uh, giving us some rumbles. We're going to be talking about the MSNBC, really the mainstream media, doing exactly what they said they would not do with Donald Trump this time around. We're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk about who is responsible for this ticking time bomb 
that the Senate bill try the Senate tried to pass to try to hold Donald Trump accountable later on so they could get rid of him once he becomes president again. We're going to be talking about stand-up senators like Rand Paul and J.D. Vance and how they are absolutely tired of the uh, the games getting played in the Senate and calling every, uh, calling everybody out being proactive rather than reactive. That's what we really love. We're going to be talking about the complete MAGA RNC takeover now, the full-on plan by Donald Trump, who's going to be, uh, who he wants to run the RNC, who he's going to replace Botox Lips, Ronna McDaniel with, and so much more. We're going to be talking about Donald Trump asking the Supreme Court of the United States to take up the immunity uh, case that's going on in D.C. right now. Fulton County Judge, I mean District Attorney, Fannie Willis, Is she going to be disqualified? Well, Donald Trump is going to go troll her at her hearing, and we're going to find out. We have some information about uh, FOIA requests showing that it looks like the FBI and the feds have ballot stuffers in their pockets, ladies and gentlemen, working together with a lot of other organizations. Nikki Haley, Eli, Nimrata uh, Rendawa still thinks she can beat Trump. (laughs) She's still around. People are just so sick of her. I don't even know what to say. We're going to be talking about the House of Representatives removing Ilhan Omar, the pipeline, the Lakewood shooter, and is James O'Keefe okay? If all of those sound like something you want. Oh, and we've got Eli. If you stay to the end of the show today, folks, we've got brand new January 6 footage. Eli, I've got brand new January 6 footage of feds showing their badges on that day in the middle of the riot. Brand new January 6th footage that came out in a hearing just this last week, ladies and gentlemen. We have got so much going on today. I pray, I pray that we can get a 6,000 viewership today. That's what we really need. We need to get to that 6,000 views because what happens when we do that, it pushes out the show so much further than when we have 4,000 or 5,000. It really does. So, ladies and gentlemen, the mainstream media said that in 2016, the one mistake that they made was giving Donald Trump too much airtime. Think about that. They've been giving Donald Trump too much airtime in 2016. That's what got him president. So 2020, they scaled back that airtime. 2024, every major mainstream media outlet, cable, or just regular TV cannot stop talking about Donald J. Trump. He is on their minds. He is on their lips. He lives rent-free in their heads where there's so much space up there because of their tiny little brains. They can't stop talking about him. They can't stop giving him airtime. And that should be um, a hint. That should be indicative of what's going to happen. Same thing that happened in 2016. They cannot stop this man. You want to see uh, Joe Scarborough absolutely lose it over the fact that Trump is losing it? I don't know what he's losing, Eli. He seems to be winning a hell of a lot to me. Let's try it out. This is Morning Mika and Slow Joe. Like, he's, he is now so desperate to support Vladimir Putin and undercut America's allies in Europe, he's making up a sir story. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, not even, it's, not even a, it's not even a good lie for Donald Trump. Like, this is, you can tell he's losing it. Like, he's losing his touch. This is when Elvis couldn't even get, when he's so fat, he couldn't even get the scarf from around his neck to throw to the audience. He just kind of sat there and looked down and sang. Remember, you know, remember Heilman, when they had to hold the microphone? Yeah. For, for fat Elvis, when he was playing piano? 100%, Because he lost yes. all his moves. This is Donald Trump. It's, it's a story that a third grader would go, why is he lying to me? And you know the people in the audience, they can't be that dumb. 
to say, oh, well, somebody, big, big country person said, sir, what if we don't? Like, th this guy, this guy will do anything to justify defending and supporting Vladimir Putin and getting us all ready for, this is a dangerous part, when he's president again, he's getting us ready for him to be an autocrat, sure. a dictator, and a guy who's going to tell Vladimir Putin, play sweep, it. sweep in. Play oh, it before you want, we you hear want to play it? Because I thought my yeah. imitation sounded, I thought it sounded yeah. just, why would you want to play the game? I like Joe's imitation better. Why would we play the sound? Just no. stick with Joe's. It's the best. Go, best baby. Let's, play it. Let's do this. One of the presidents of a big country stood up and said, well, sir, uh, if we don't pay and we're attacked by Russia, will you protect us? I said, you didn't pay, you're delinquent. He said, yes, let's say that happened. No, I would not protect you. In fact, I would encourage them to do whatever the hell they want. You got to pay. You got to pay your bills. Again. It's like his, you're fired. Again, well, it's just stupid because it, it's a lie. The crisis we're going through right now where the world could really spiral into World War III, but it's not because a guy who's actually had 50 years of experience, it shows the contrast between a guy obsessed with marketing his brand, a guy obsessed with gestures, a guy who governed by gesture versus, well, Joe Biden. Look at the desperation dripping off of their stinky upper lips, Eli. Look at the desperation just dripping off the corner of Morning Mika's mouth. I hope that's desperation anyway. Maybe not. She is kind of a floozy and a skank. However, my point is, thank you, Joe Scarborough. Thank you, Morning Mika. Thank you, MSNBC. You're doing exactly what Donald Trump wants you to do. You're talking about Donald Trump. And don't, be, don't get it twisted, folks. I hear people say we don't need their airtime. Yes, we do need their airtime. We very much need their airtime. Donald Trump got arguably a billion dollars. Let me repeat that again. One billion dollars of free airtime in 2016, and it was all negative, but he won. Do you want to know why it's great? Because the world sees desperation. The world sees the desperation dripping off of their lips as they lie to the American people. As they plead to you, please don't vote for this man. The guy just sit there and said, We're on the, we would be on the precipice of World War III if it wasn't for a man who's been in there for 50 years who had the experience. Uh, do you not remember Nobel, uh, world Peace, uh, Nobel Peace Prizes? All of them that were Donald Trump was nominated for. No wars at all in four years. First time ever in your lifetime. Slow Joe Scarborough. You and Morning Mika, you're about the dumbest people on planet Earth. You're about the dumbest people on planet Earth. And Eli, remind me when we get to the January 6th video, the brand new one that I'm going to show at the end of today's show, remind me to talk about who in the Sam hell would Donald Trump have been committing an insurrection against? Let's, don't, if I forget, remind me, okay? Because that's a very important uh, subject to talk about, okay? So as you see, the mainstream media once again melting down Thank you. The mainstream media once again giving Donald Trump massive millions of dollars of free airtime. And like Donald Trump always said, Eli, all press is good press. All press. Remember this, ladies and gentlemen. All press is good press. Because the people are not stupid and the people see through the lies. Okay? 
I'd like to thank the following monthly donors. Folks, right now, we are at one of our um, roughest financial times in a while. We've lost a couple sponsors, and our donations are down. Arguably, it's because the, the economy's been so bad. People just are like, I wish I wish I could, but I can't. So um, I want to thank all those people that did, even if they couldn't anymore. You guys definitely helped build an, an, an amazing, an amazing network. And because of you, we exist. And for all those that continue, are able to, I'd like to thank those, some of those people now. Jason Brown, monthly supporter. Thank you so very much. Ten bucks. That's all it takes, folks. Ten bucks. Terry Berger. Thank you so much. Julie Coffee, 25 bucks. Jane Call. $50 a month. That is a heck of a donation. Leisha Wyatt, 20 bucks a month. Kim Langdon, 25. Barbie Gorby, $21 a month. Marcos Alvarez, $15 a month. Thank, thank you guys all so much. Karen Hobbs, $10 a month. Patty Smith, $10 a month. Sabin Brown, $10 a month. Darren Clayton, $30 a month. See, a lot of us folks have all of these uh, streaming platforms, and we probably don't even use them. My suggestion, find the streaming platforms that you don't use anymore, if there are any, get rid of them and put that money towards something better. Doesn't have to be me, but definitely put that money towards something better. Thank all of you. And also like to thank this sponsor right here who month in and month out continues to clean up things here on LFA TV. And that is OFP Farms, Denise and Corey. Thank you guys so very much for your continued support here of the LFA family, uh, LFA family team and the LFA uh, family network. And you guys can get 15% off by using promo code LFA15. There's a $10 flat rate shipping and handling. $10 flat rate shipping and handling. And folks, you can use the promo code LFA15 to get 15% off. We got one of these in the mail yesterday. That is my wife's present from OFP Farms for Valentine's Day. She absolutely loves it, ladies and gentlemen. And for all your goat milk natural products, whether it's soap, whether it's beard oil, whether it's the deodorants, ladies and gentlemen, woo! take me to the deodorants. I don't want to put all them chemicals on my armpits anymore. OFP Farms would be your choice. Also for your magnesium products, all of your natural magnesium products also uh, at OFP Farms. Again, 15% off, folks. If you go to OFPFarms.com and use the promo code LFA15 today. Now, folks, 18 minutes past the hour, it's time to go to the Lord. February 13th, 2024. Thank you, Wendy. We love Wendy from Delco. Every time we get to see her at an event, we love her. God bless you, dear. People who trust mainly in themselves are their own and their own abilities often crowd me out of their lives. As you learn to trust me more, you increasingly delight in time spent with me. This morning we talked about how to spend time with God. This morning we, we talked about spending time with Dad was the title. And we talked about the number of different things that you can do to spend time with him. It's not just getting on your knees and praying. He loves so many different things that you do. And the more you wait in his presence, the deeper your faith grows, increasing your joy and your peace. Romans 15, 13 says the following. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit within. Isaiah 26, 3. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. And before you turn out the light, spending time with me demonstrates that you really do trust me. 
or else you wouldn't do it, right? I will overflow you with joy and peace as you linger in me, listening to worship music with the windows open on a nice spring day when the birds are out there going, (whistles) (whistles) open those windows up, brew that rise up coffee and blare that Christian music. That's a form of spending time with God. Taking a walk with God in nature, with your shoes off, grounded to his creation, touching his creation, that is time spent with God. There's so many things you can do, ladies and gentlemen, including prayer, which we are going to do right now. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to thank Lab Tech. She ordered Eli uh, from OFP Farms. And boy, we got a bunch. As we get ready for this first and foremost section, I would like to pull up the Rumble chat right now because I want you guys to all say hello. And we got a bunch of Rumble ranters in there. So here we go. Let's see. $25 coming from Nancy Roskowski. Keep LFA going. God bless her. Dana, $5. Keep up the good work. God bless you too. Kittenhead, thank you so very much. Wendy, God bless you. Stretch M or Stretch JMR, 50 bucks to keep Eli. Five bucks from Indie Girl Mom and 50 bucks from Lifelike. We've got to keep this family together. God bless you. Thank you all so very much. Ruth says amen, amen, amen. Liberty Shines, always on time. God bless you. Thank you very much. We've got Lenny in the building. Bad Moon is here. JL Jazz says bless Liberty Shines and T.D. Hodges. Hello from sunny Central Oregon. God bless you, and thank you all for joining in. Let's get right to it. Lift up your cups. It is that first and foremost section of the day. Remember to keep sharing. Remember to keep rumbling. Here we go. Who is primarily responsible for the ticking time bomb known as the Senate bill that we were talking about yesterday? Who concocted that plan? Who was involved? Who are the senators that put this disastrous ticking time bomb together in order to stop Donald Trump because they know what you know and you know what I know, that that man's coming back? Who is responsible? Well, I can give you two names that are the most responsible. Mitch the Glitch, Mr. Freeze McConnell, and Chuck, I am married to Colonel Vindman and Drag Schumer. Those two individuals concocted a plan to stop Donald J. Trump in his tracks. Now, if you missed yesterday's show, what am I talking about? Well, I am talking about the plan, the ticking time bomb plan to impeach Donald J. Trump. This Senate bill, which had foreign aid package in it that they passed on Super Bowl Sunday, like like thieves and snakes that they are, was a dang near $100 billion Senate bill where we sent money to Ukraine, sent money to Gaza, sent money to Israel, sent money to Taiwan, and every other person under the sun. But packed away deep inside that bill, ladies and gentlemen, packed deep inside that bill was a plan to stop Donald J. Trump. Was a plan to stop Donald J. Trump when he becomes president again was a plan because they know Donald Trump can only, they know one of his tactics to stop the war between Russia and Ukraine 
They know that one of those tactics will be, you're not getting any more money, we're cutting you off of aid. But the fact is, in that Senate bill, if Donald Trump did that and cut that money off and stopped the Ukraine-Russia war, then the Senate and the House would impeach him. The, The House would impeach him and the Senate would convict him given that there was enough people in there to do it. And here's the thing, folks, there would be. Because the rhinos, the rhino senators, these rhino senators right here, they are part of the plan. They are part of the plan. And we're going to play a little bit about this from J.D. Vance and everything. But they were part of the plan. They, all, they already came up with a plan where they would be part of it. They would vote with Democrats in the House. They would vote with Democrats in the Senate. I can never watch reruns of your show, Jeremy. I don't know why. That's odd. All you got to do is find them. They're, they're, in the, they're in the lineup. And that they would impeach and convict Donald J. Trump working together. And this is why people like J.D. Vance, this is why getting MAGA candidates and having truthful networks to get the word out was so important. Why it was so imperative. Why God pushed us all to create a network together. You, me, Eli, and all the other hosts. Because without places like us and Rav and others, you wouldn't know about these bills. You just wouldn't know about them. Now we know about them. And we stop them dead in their tracks. So who is responsible for this debauchery? Well, Chuck Schumer and Mitch the Glitch McConnell. Now the good news is, ladies and gentlemen, is that Speaker Mike Johnson has already said this bill is DOA. Dead on arrival. Let's put this up. House Republicans were crystal clear from the beginning, from the very beginning of discussions, that any so-called national security supplemental legislation must recognize the national security that begins at our own border. That's what the House is saying. And the House is saying that this is dead on arrival. Well, that's good. At least there's that. But what do you do when the wheels, the squeaky wheels get the grease behind the closed doors in D.C. and this all comes to fruition? What then? We've got to keep lighting them up. We've got to keep calling them. We've got to keep bugging them. We've got to keep leaving messages, each and every one of us. It's our civic duty to do so. And we've got to hold these people accountable. And we've got to get to them before they pass bills like we did here. And a big shout out. I want to go ahead and give the Smarty Award of the day right now to J.D. Vance. Because if it wasn't for J.D. Vance, we probably wouldn't even have heard about this. Which is kind of, kind of scary in and of itself. Because why didn't any other Senate? Why didn't any other Senator do it? Why didn't any other Senator bring it forward? So I want to go ahead and give J.D. Vance the Smarty Award of the Day here on LFA TV. Sir, it belongs to you. Here on LFA TV, you get the Smarty Award of the Day. Now, this passed on Sunday in the middle of the night, but the House is already rejecting it, so the Senate's trying to reconcoct other things. And this is why I love Rand Paul, because Rand Paul stood up pretty tall. We'll talk about that in a minute. But I want to give J.D. Vance this, because J.D. Vance definitely stuck his neck out there. And uh, Bernard Carrick, you guys know Bernie Carrick, he even posted um, on X, and uh, let me bring this up here real quick. 
He posted on X, traitorous leader McConnell conspired with the Democrats to conceal an impeachment time bomb within the Ukraine aid bill. He should step down or be removed from all Senate Republicans immediately. So you've got Bernard Carrick, who's saying that all senators should get together, all Republican senators should get together and say, you're gone. Nothing's going to happen again until Mitch the Glitch McConnell, Mr. Freeze, is gone. Now, before we get to J.D. Vance talking about all of this and how he found it out and why he brought it to us, Rand Paul filibustered the Senate $95 billion aid package to Ukraine and Israel. Says, I care about the the bankrupting of America. I care about the looting of our treasury. Sending money to Ukraine makes our national security more endangered. The filibuster continues. Ladies and gentlemen, here is Rand Paul doing just that. Roll this. And this is what I like about Rand. When the the, uh, rubber meets the road, Rand has always been pretty solid. I care about the bankrupting of America. I care about the looting of our treasury. There can be an honest debate over national security or what is in our vital security, but there never is a debate. If you look closely at what people say, they'll simply declare it's in our national security to send money to Ukraine. There isn't really a debate. I actually think it's the opposite. I think sending money to Ukraine actually makes our national security more endangered. I think it threatens our vital national security to send more money to Ukraine. Why? Because I think it threatens the fiscal solvency of our country. I think it, along with so much of the rest of the spending, is dragging America down and threatening a day of destruction. I care about the bankrupt. I care about the bankrupting of our country, too, and it's nice that to see that that's going on. Now, I know that there's some reports. I know that people were talking about, they were watching, um, they were watching, um, Steve Bannon this morning, and they were saying that they were, there's this plan to temporarily put Hakeem Jeffries in charge uh, long enough to pass this because there are that many um, House Republicans that are uniparty rhino swamp donkeys right along with the Democrats, and that there might be some plan to vote with the Democrats enough to temporarily put Hakeem Jeffries in charge to bring it to the floor to vote on it. That's not going to happen, folks. That's not going to happen. That is not going to happen. I don't see that happening in any way, shape, or form. And the reason why I don't see that happening in any way, shape, or form is because Donald Trump has more power over the Republican Party, even in the, even in the House of Representatives right now, than a lot of people think. And there's a plan in place. There's, there's no way. There's no way that Hakeem Jeffries is going to take the House of Representatives uh, speaker seat long enough to do anything. It's not going to happen. Uh, report Senate Mullen has spoke to House lawmakers about the discharge petition. This would bring the $95 billion overseas aid bill to vote in the House of Representatives if Speaker Johnson doesn't introduce it. Okay, let him try. Long story short, you can't beat God, and you're not going to stop what's coming. Isn't it amazing, Eli, how they work so damn hard to give this money to Ukraine, Israel, Gaza, and Taiwan, but they can't even work an ounce just to pass a $20 billion border wall. Isn't it amazing how much they work? How much they fight, how much they spend time, our money, arguing over giving money away. And it's like I've said before, even at this point, the biggest liberals on the planet should be saying, wait a minute. But they're not. Not yet. 
Well, ladies and gentlemen, what's good for the goose is good for the gander, and I think this everything is just like it has been is going to continue to, to go back and bite them in the, in the rear end. We're being proactive. They're being reactive, and they're not going to stop us. Here is J.D. Vance with Steve Bannon talking about uh, this entire thing that, hap- that unfolded over the last 48 hours. Listen I want to bring in Senator J.D. Vance from Ohio, who's been one of the the leading, not just public intellectuals, but fighters in the trenches. You don't really get that too often. Senator Vance, first off, you've got a piece up in the American Conservative. And and I want to take some time and walk through this because this audience must understand this. This piece headline said how the Republican Party in the Senate is working on um, on, uh, funding the Ukraine forever war and to stop the re-election of Donald Trump. Now, I want to take our time and go through this piece because this is the type of kind of intellectual work that we need to frame this debate so people know what's going on. Can you walk us through that, sir? Yeah, Steve. So, so first of all, just think about this in two phases, and we'll walk through each. There's the political phase to prevent Donald Trump from being elected president. And then there's sort of an insurance policy phase where even if he is president, this bill contains wording that would effectively make it illegal for him to discharge his campaign promises as president. But let's start with the political dynamic here. Steve, you you saw this play out over the last two weeks. So uh, McConnell and a few other Republican leaders come out and say, we've got this great piece of bipartisan policy, when in reality, the bipartisan border policies you've talked about, we've talked about was a disaster. So step two is then to say, well, we can't advance this great piece of policy. Why can't we advance this policy? Because of Donald Trump, because of the MAGA Republicans in the House, and because of their allies in the Senate. So you do this two-step where you say that Democrats have done a great job on policy, and then you immediately turn around and say it's Donald Trump's fault that this great policy is not passing. And why are they doing this, Steve? They're doing it to apply as much political pressure as possible to House Republicans to get in line and support this Ukraine funding. And importantly, the fight is not even close to over. So you're going to have a fight over the government funding deadline, which will involve whether we fund Ukraine in part. You're going to have this talk of a discharge petition, effectively where a few Republicans give control of the House floor to Hakeem Jeffries the Democratic leader in the House to try to pass more Ukraine funding. There's going to be an omnibus package where I'm sure Ukraine funding will be on the docket. And the point is that the establishment's obsession with funding Ukraine will force them to throw Donald Trump under the bus again and again and again. This will be a nonstop rinse and repeat news cycle where every time the Republican Party gets close to standing on principle and beating back $61 billion of Ukraine funding, you will have the Republican establishment singing the praises of Democrats and then attacking our nominee. And of course, as we get deeper and deeper into the spring and summer, Steve, the political cost is going to be greater and greater. You you know this as well as anybody, but there will be advertisements run against Donald Trump in swing states that say, look, even some Senate Republicans are saying this was great policy, but Donald Trump killed it. Uh, We know voters are really worried about the chaos of the Biden administration, especially on the world stage. They will run advertisements saying we had a solution to the chaos but then Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans killed it. This is a constant uh, structure within which they can drive down voter turnout on the Republican side and drive up Democratic turnout on their side 
in an effort to destroy Donald Trump politically. And I think, Steve, you're going to see this news cycle repeat itself. The particulars will be a little bit different, but the news cycle will repeat itself. And the goal is going to be to destroy a potential Trump presidency. Why would they be doing that if they didn't expect him to come back? Why would they have spent so much time? Why would Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell and these uniparty Republicans spend so much time on this if they didn't think that he was returning? Folks, they know the court cases aren't going anywhere. They're trying to come up with plan F now at this point. They know that the the impeachments didn't work. They know that getting them off the ballot's not going to work. Ranked choice voting isn't going to work. They can't stuff enough ballots this time. They can't harvest enough ballots this time. And you're going to see a lot of people trying to drive wedges now in between MAGA because this is the only thing they got left. The only thing they have left now is to try to use these scumbags in D.C. to put in some fail safes, which, thank God, we have some good MAGA people in there. And they're going to do their best to try to drive wedges in between MAGA. You're going to see a bunch of people that claim to be behind Donald Trump. You're going to see a lot of people start fighting in the next three months. Guaranteed. And if you want to timestamp this and go, wow, Jeremy talked about this on February 13th. I'm telling you right now, the divide and conquer is the only way they're going to be able to stop us at this point. The only way. So we got to have strong people that are not afraid to go out there and say what needs to be said. And when you're talking about strong people, you got to put somebody, the person I just played in there, Rand Paul. He's a strong guy. He's a strong guy. He may not be the best guy, but he's a strong guy and he stands for principle. People like Matt Gates, people like J.D. Vance. I mean, if you're going back and forth from the House to the Senate, Clay Higgins, right? Uh, uh, Tom, uh, uh, what's his name there? From Josh Hawley. These are tough people that cannot be swayed, that cannot be scared, uh, um, that cannot get scared, that cannot be bought, that cannot be coerced. And some of the people that we thought were strong people aren't so strong. I won't go ahead and name names, but we know who we're talking about. I want you to hear, uh, again, Rand Paul here going on Fox News and saying, hey, I don't care about Ukraine. This, this money's not going overseas anymore. I'm sick and tired of it. It's criminal at this point. And it is because it's money laundering. You know something about criminal neglect. So, Senator Paul, what's your response and what's your plan, sir? You know, I would say it's criminal neglect for Mitch McConnell, Chuck Schumer, and Joe Biden to get together to send $100 billion overseas to fix someone else's border before yep. addressing our border. Yep. We have an emergency. We have an invasion. We have 700,000 people came across in the last two months, and they're willing just to punt on that. You know, they put forward a fake proposal. It wasn't any good. We shot it down. But that doesn't mean we're ready to give up on it. Many of us want to fight. 32 of us out of 48. Three-fourths of us said we wanted to keep fighting. We want to actually fix the border before we ship $100 billion of our money overseas. I meet no one in Kentucky, no conservatives across the land that are for this. But the leadership of the Senate under Mitch McConnell is more concerned with sending your money to Ukraine than they are with the invasion of the southern border. And I've had enough. I'm going to do everything in my power to slow down and stop this. And I told them they can vote when hell freezes over, Mm. because, frankly, this isn't in the best interest of our country. 
The money has to be borrowed. We don't have $100 billion sitting around. We borrow $1.5 trillion, and they're going to borrow another $100 billion. So essentially, we ask China for money to send it to Ukraine. It makes us weaker. It's bad for our country. Mitch McConnell, Joe Biden, and Chuck Schumer are wrong on this, and I'm going to do everything I can to slow them down at the very least, and possibly there'll be enough of an uprising of people calling in and saying, Mitch McConnell, who are you? Do you represent the Republicans? Do you represent conservatives? Mm. Are you in lockstep with Chuck Schumer? That is exactly, we just need people to continue to stand up and say this stuff. Courage is contagious. We talk about it all the time. So if some people see some people standing up, they'll go, you know what? I'll stand up too. And that's what it's always been about. You know, somebody in the chat just said, never under- underestimate the Democrats because they're capable of doing anything. You know what? Never underestimate MAGA. Never underestimate this new Republican Party because we're capable of doing anything and we will. And we're coming right out and saying the same thing, too. We're coming for you. We know how you're cheating. We'll cheat, too. We know how you're doing things. We'll do it, too. Not only will we do it dirty, just like you, we'll do it better. And we'll beat the hell out of you, both figuratively and physically, if we have to, if we get to that point. You are not going to continue to run this country the way you have. All comfortable and elite and, and, and uh, untouchable. No, 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 no. Those days are over. Those days are absolutely and completely over. And more and more people are standing up just like this. And again, if we weren't getting this information out and there wasn't people, good people like Gates and Vance in there, then they wouldn't be able to get this information out either. We're at a time in history that we've never been in before. Ever, ever, ever. So how can you say, well, this is going to happen or that's going to happen? We've been, we're in a time before where nobody has ever had this kind of information this fast. No news organization that's independent. First of all, there's never been independent news organizations. Now that there is, there's never been a better time for the truth to get out because these independent news organizations like, our, like LFA TV and others, they now can get this information and, and, and the same information Fox can get and everything. They just don't put it out. These mainstream media outlets, these cable news outlets, they don't put it out. They put out selective stuff, what they want you to hear, rather than putting out what you need to hear. And can you imagine how much Congress must hate this now? Think about that. They used to be able to pass anything that they wanted, whenever they wanted. They can't anymore. And you guys wanted me to name names on people who are once strong, but not anymore, in my opinion. Maybe not in Donald Trump's opinion. I don't agree with him on everything. I don't agree with, uh, with the people that are right here on LFA TV on everything. Jim Jordan, weak, not strong like I thought. There's one. James Comer, weak, not strong like I thought. There's two. Steve Scalise, weak, never strong. I can go on and on and on and on. The proof is always in the pudding, not what these people say. And when I saw people like Jim Jordan back down, I'm not saying I don't like the guy. I don't trust the guy. I don't trust weak individuals. Oh, but Jeremy, he was a wrestler. Cool. Great. Awesome. He wrestled. Does that make him cool and awesome and great? No. What makes him cool and awesome and great is integrity. Integrity he did not have. Look at Chip Soy. Chip Soy Boy. Look at Thomas Massey. Look at uh, uh, Dan Crenshaw. Look at Adam Kinzinger. I mean, I could go on and on and on.
We're coming for you, all of you. Speaking of we're coming for you, let's get to the title of today's show, the RNC Takeover. Ladies and gentlemen, last night, Donald J. Trump officially announced and endorsed Michael Waitley as the next RNC chair and his daughter-in-law, Laura Trump, as the co-chair for the RNC. This is beautiful. Let's get into this. In addition to Waitley, Trump has also thrown his support behind his daughter-in-law, Laura Trump, endorsing her for the role of co-chair of the RNC. Alongside these endorsements, Donald Trump has nominated Chris La Civita, his co-campaign manager, to take the role of RNC chief operating officer through La Civita is expected to continue in, or though he's expected to continue his current role as the campaign manager simultaneously. These endorsements come at a critical juncture for the RNC. As it prepares for the 2024 presidential race, uh, race Trump support is anticipated to significantly influence the committee's direction and bolster his control over the party apparatus. In a statement released, President Trump emphasized the importance of the RNC in the upcoming presidential election, outlining the need for a flawless partnership to secure transparent elections and robust voter turnout. His statement reads as follows, and I quote, the RNC must be a good partner in the presidential election. It must do the work that we expect from a national party, and it must do it flawlessly. That means helping to ensure fair and transparent elections across the country, getting out the vote everywhere, which you're going to need to hire Scott Pressler for that. Everybody knows that. By the way, Michael Waitley's a great, is, is, is a good guy to have in there. We'll get to him in a minute. Even in parts of the country where it won't be easy, he continued, and working with my campaign as the Republican presumptive nominee for president to win this election and make America great again. For these reasons, he says, Lynn Buss says, why not Pressler? Because Pressler is a ground guy not the guy to manage and run. He'll be the guy, I hope, will be out on the ground managing the ground teams. You need somebody out there that knows what they're doing out there, and I highly doubt that Ronna McDaniel knows how to register voters. So you got to have people get in where they fit in, and I pray and hope that Scott Pressler will be in charge of the ground team for the RNC. He says, for these reasons, I think my friend Michael Waitley should be the RNC's next chair Michael has been with me from the beginning, he has, has done a great job, Trump always said anyway, in his home state of North Carolina and is committed to election integrity above everything else, we must, which we must have to keep fraud out of our election so it can't be stolen. My very talented daughter-in-law, Laura Trump, has agreed to run as RNC co-chair. Laura is an extremely talented communicator and is dedicated to all that MAGA stands for. She has told me she wants to accept this challenge, and it would be great. I have asked Chris Lasavita, uh, in whom I have full confidence, to assume the role of, in effect, chief operating officer in committee. Now, if anybody doesn't know who Michael Waitley is or anybody doesn't know who Chris Lasavita are, these are people that run his campaign. Ran his, uh, Michael helped run his campaign in 2016, um, which was a massive win. And Chris Lasavita is doing a great job right now as um, – as his campaign manager. But will Michael Waitley do a good job? I guess time's going to tell, right? All we can do is assume what kind of a job they'll do based on 
what we know about them and what people say about them. If we don't know them fully like we know like a Matt Gates, then all we can do is trust that Donald Trump's pick is correct. Look up everything you need to look up about Michael Waitley. He's been with Donald Trump since before 2016, since when he came down the escalators. So that's saying something. I guess that's saying something. And I guess time will tell. But anybody will be better than what we have in there. My only request is that they make um, Scott Pressler like the manager of the ground field team. That has got to be, you have got to have Scott somewhere in there. If you don't have Scott in there, ladies and gentlemen, I don't think you, you, you're doing the RNC uh, that much justice. Now, um, losing my train of thought here. Alan Jacoby, three o'clock here on LFA TV. Alan Jacoby has been with Donald Trump a lot in the last few weeks, right, Eli, in his motorcade? Don, uh, Alan Jacoby has been helping Donald Trump. He's been in the motorcade. He's been traveling with Trump when Trump is up here in the Northeast region, New York and Northern, even in Pennsylvania. Um, there's, a, there's a partnership and a relationship that Alan has with the Trump campaign team. And uh, he knew about this uh, a week ago. Actually, I'll tell you what he said this morning. Just give you a round about what he said this morning. <clears throat> he says, uh, give me a second here. Well, I can't find it as quick as I'd like. Oh, right here. He said, I knew this was coming. Chris Lasavita will oversee it all. This is the MAGA takeover of the RNC. He says, uh, They have been really gearing up this takeover of the RNC for quite some time. And Trump feels he has the right people in charge and the right people that he's picking to take over the RNC and make the whole entire RNC MAGA. That is what Alan Jacoby told us this morning. Now, he knew about this days ago, obviously didn't tell us for obvious reasons, right? But what he's saying, and he's close to the campaign, closer than I am, he says this has been in play for a while. These people are picked, handpicked for specific reasons, and Donald Trump is going to have them placed in there, and it's going to be a full takeover of the RNC. So a big shout-out to Alan Jacoby, big shout-out to President Trump, and a big shout-out to taking over the RNC, because if anything, we need that. Now, before we go to our next commercial break, which our next break, which you're going to definitely want to stick around for, I got a surprise for you. Donald Trump has now asked the Supreme Court to pause the immunity ruling in the Jack Smith January 6th case. So you guys know that Donald Trump and, uh, or that the uh, D.C. appeals court uh, came out and said Donald Trump does not have immunity as a president of the United States in the Jack Smith D.C. case. Donald Trump has now asked the Supreme Court of the United States to pause this ruling because he doesn't give him enough time for an appeal. The three-judge panel, all picked by Who do you think? Democrats in D.C. hate Donald Trump, and they concluded that he doesn't have immunity. Trump's lawyers argued that Trump is immune from federal prosecution for alleged crimes committed while he served as U.S. president. And what the what the left is arguing or what these idiot Democrats are trying to say is that Donald Trump doesn't have complete immunity like he can't commit murder. And then get immunity for it. Well, I don't know. Barack Obama did. Barack Obama drone-striked American citizens. That was murder. That was murder. Now, the original trial date for that was March 4th. 
Okay, Donald Trump went through that appeal. Uh, we still got the, ch- the stuff going down in Florida. And now Donald Trump has, has asked the United States Supreme Court to step in and pause this while he's fighting all these other cases, while he's running for president, and pick it up again at a later date. As of right now, this trial definitely would last anybody else two years, three years. They're trying to rush this through as fast as they possibly can, and Donald Trump is merely asking the Supreme Court to tell them to slow it the hell down, pause it, because you guys are rushing through everything. You're keeping me in court constantly. You're keeping me off the campaign trail for a reason. None of these charges are real. You know it's not real. You're not giving me an adequate time for defense, and this is shown by any other person in in the planet who's had time for defense. It's always been years. They want this done in weeks. And Donald Trump is now asking the Supreme Court to get involved in that as well, just like they're involved now in the Colorado case. And um, we don't expect to hear a ruling on the Colorado case probably until the end of this month, early next month. And with Donald Trump already filing for the uh, Supreme Court to take this up, look, the Supreme Court operates on its time and only its time, and nobody can push the Supreme Court to do anything Nobody can push the Supreme Court to say anything. Nobody can push them to schedule something. They operate on their time and their time only. So the longer they take to answer Donald Trump, the better. And hopefully they take it up to hear it because this has all got to stop. This has all got to stop. This year is going by quickly. I love it, says Gina Marie. Well, there is something to say about that, isn't there? There is something to say about that. Because the quicker it goes by, the faster we get to the election. And the faster it goes by without him in court, or without him getting uh, any judgments against him or any rulings against him or any jail time or anything like that means that it's just going to, you know, it's going to get right into the election and they're not going to be able to stop it. Trump never committed any crimes. That's exactly right. That is exactly right. I want to thank everybody for the donations. God bless you. Thank you for the Rumble Rants. I want to thank you all who ordered the, uh, their flannel shirts off JeremyHerald.com. We got three different colors. We have men and women's shirts there. There's only two gender, genders, so... Um, They accuse Trump of everything China Joe is guilty of. Well, isn't that what the best thing that they're good at? Pointing at you, so three fingers are pointing back at them, right? All right, for those of you who stayed for this first break or who were able to stay for this first break, I have a surprise for you. Um, Two years ago, I wanted to do a, a morning show two or three days a week where I drank my own coffee and talked about God. And I wanted to start a podcast two years ago called Rise Up. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I was able to start that podcast, Rise Up. I was able to get our own branded coffee, which is amazing gourmet coffee, Rise Up Coffee. But the guy who directed and produced the Armor of God video, TNT Productions, Tom, he also agreed way back then to make a Rise Up Coffee commercial for us because we wanted, we wanted a commercial. And the whole idea behind Rise Up Coffee and rising up and all that was basically a rebirth. Rise up to God. Rise up with some good coffee. Rise up against tyranny. Rise up early in the morning and, and, and claim this country back. So if you look at the, the coffee, um, I got it right here. If you look at the coffee, it's a very revolutionary style looking bag of coffee. It's even got a cross on the back of it, right? And I said, we need to make like a movie trailer. 
We need to make like a movie trailer to inspire people to rise up against tyranny like we did back in the Revolutionary War. So after two years of scheduling, by the way, COVID was going on when this happened. It was so difficult. Scheduling was falling through left and right. We worked with people that were reenacting the Revolutionary War anyway, annually. We worked with people that had horses and everything. We did it for as cheap as we possibly could. And I want to thank Tom and I want to thank all of the actors who gave their time to do this for us, to make this coffee commercial for us. Because maybe, maybe, maybe it can be a revenue stream for us. But at the very, very least, we're drinking good American coffee. Ladies and gentlemen, the commercial's done. And I've been waiting to show it for you. To you, I guess. Here we go. history of the world, the struggle to survive has been a constant. The human spirit has been frequently tested. Every man has had his own struggle. Every man has made sacrifices. And every man has been pushed beyond their limits. Survival is crucial. The desire to be prepared has never wavered. Generations that came before us realized the importance of gaining every advantage. How you face adversity could change your life. Success depends on it. History is defined by it. Our spirit is fueled by it. Our strength comes in many forms. The strength to fight the strength to overcome, the strength to believe, the strength to win, the strength to rise. Rise up, coffee. Rise up to meet your challenge. Big shout out to TNT Productions. Make sure you reach out to them in Massachusetts. TNT Productions, you can look them up online. Great friend of ours. Great job. Wonderful. It looks like a movie, Eli. It looks like a trailer to a movie called Rebirth of America, doesn't it? Mm, thanks, Skippy. Big shout out. We've been waiting for that for a long time. We hoped it could be a revenue stream for us to kind of fill in the gap for you know sponsors and things like that. But it definitely... Um, it definitely uh, came out wonderful, and I wanted to embody the spirit of America. You know what I mean? You think back. That was a coffee trap. That guy set a coffee trap for the Redcoats, and they, had that, they smelled that beautiful American pecan coffee, and they had to have them some, and he set a coffee trap for them. Folks, coffee has been at the, since the beginning of this country, and it will continue on. All right? Every morning we get up, we have our coffee, maybe tea. We read the Bible. It's just part of my morning routine. So uh, you can get your Rise Up Coffee at JeremyHerald.com. And Eli will even do K-Cup soon, as soon as we can. It's expensive to even do the coffee, but I, mean, I don't have a big margin on it. But when, as soon as we can do K-Cups, uh, we'll get K-Cups out, okay? Um, very cool video, says Rockin' Rev Dean. They needed to show more of the coffee. Well, they actually showed the coffee about seven times. You just got to rewatch it again. They just don't show the bag. <laughs> 
He showed a bag at the end, right? What's that, Eli? See, that's the great thing about it, too. It shows the coffee plenty, but you start getting wrapped into it. You're like, wait a minute, is this a coffee commercial or is it a movie? <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait to, to, to see how that does. And, uh, you know, I just hope, you know what, if, even if nobody buys the coffee, I hope they see the video. I hope it gives them a little inspiration again to go, wait a minute, we did this in America? We did this in America? And, and all that footage is, is, is exclusive footage, is our footage, folks. I mean, we did it all. So uh, big shout-out to everybody, and I'd like to thank everybody that was involved. Get your Rise Up Coffee today, JeremyHerald.com. Okay, moving on. The judge in the uh, Georgia Fannie Willis case against Donald Trump says that Fannie Willis may be disqualified from the Trump Rico case and moves forward with the hearing. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not lying. I will show you the video. I told you, you can't beat Trump. You can't beat God. You can't beat this movement. And I've, all, and I've been praying so much for this kind of news. Judge Scott Maff- McAfee yesterday said that Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis may be disqualified from Trump's RICO case over her improper relationship with the top Trump prosecutor, Nathan Wade, her little boyfriend. The judge also said at Thursday's evidentiary, or I mean that Thursday's evidentiary hearing on the alleged misconduct must occur. Quote, and I'll read, I'll read it for you and then I'll play it for you. It's truly amazing. By the way, celebrate and thank God. Quote, I think it's clear that disqualification can occur if evidence is produced demonstrating an actual conflict, or even the appearance of one, he said at Monday's hearing. The state has admitted a relationship existed. And so what remains to be proven is the existence and to what extent of any financial benefit. Again, if there was one, he says. And so because I think it's possible that the facts alleged by the defendant could result in a disqualification of DA Fannie Willis. I think it's evident I think an evidentiary hearing must occur to establish the record on those core allegations. I think the issue at point here are whether a relationship existed, whether that relationship was romantic or non-romantic in nature, when it formed and where and whether it continues. And that's only relevant because it's in a combination with the question of the existence and, again, the extent of any personal benefit conveyed as a result of their relationship, the judge said. So let's stop right there, full stop. We know that the relationship was there. We know it was a sexual relationship because Fannie Willis had to admit it. So there you go. There's two out of there. Now, to what extent, if any, or, or was there a personal financial gain Because of this, well, we know that's true too, because we know that they took lavish trips on taxpayer dollars. We know that they flew on planes, had expensive dinners on taxpayer dollars. And she paid this man more money than the other prosecutors who had far more experience than he did from the very beginning. So let's get into this. I'll play you the video and we'll go from there. This is a one minute and 27 second video 
where the judge is talking about this with all, the, with all of the uh, uh, attorneys and the plaintiffs and the defendant all involved on a Zoom meeting. Roll it. Mr. Wade has filed other affidavits in his divorce case, which contradict this affidavit. His interrogatories, which were sworn and verified and filed in that case, said that he did not have a personal relationship, that there had been none. So we've got two declarations in two different courts, both sworn, both filed with the court that say something completely different. Um, his May, let's see, it was his um, May 2023 affidavit where he was asked if he had, and this was in 2023, Judge. So the state's response last, last week said they had a relationship that began in 2022. In May of 2023, he filed in the Cobb County Superior Court um, a pleading that said specifically if he had had any relations with a person other than his spouse during the course of the marriage, um, you know, and, and the typical things that are asked in a divorce case, um, and he responded none. After we filed our motion in this case, he updated those and he pled privilege under the Fifth Amendment. So we've got a filing under oath by Mr. Wade in 2023 stating he didn't have a relationship. Then we've got a filing stating he did have one starting in 2022. And then once that came about, he fixes the incorrect affidavit that was filed back in 2023. So we definitely have a conflict, Judge, in the evidence as far as when this relationship started. The judge goes on in that case. Uh, to say, uh, you know, it looks like we're going to have a problem here and uh, definitely can be, listen here. Motion. It alleges a personal relationship that resulted in a financial benefit to the district attorney. And that is no longer a matter of complete speculation. The state has admitted a relationship existed. And so what remains to be proven is the existence and extent of any financial benefit. Again, if there, is, if there even was one. So because I think it's possible that the facts alleged by uh, the defendant could result in disqualification. I think an evidentiary hearing must occur to establish the record on those core allegations. So just to emphasize, I think the issues at point here are whether a relationship existed. Now, remember, Governor uh, Brian Kemp, he could have he done so much. He can remove Fannie Willis. He can remove her. We know this stuff happened. She's admitted to the relationship. There's a conflict of interest right there. We know that. Brian Kemp could have gotten rid of her a long time ago, but he continues not to. Instead, it's more important for him to trash Trump, fly to Davos, be part of the World Economic Forum, be a simp for his buddy Brad Rattenberger, continue to be a rhino elite scumbag who doesn't really care for his state whatsoever, cares for his own pocket, his own family. Mm? Yeah. Remember when his daughter's boyfriend died? Whatever happened with that? If you want to know my, my personal opinion and not my, uh, not my professional opinion, but my personal opinion is that there's something fishy there with that Kemp family and that that guy had his own daughter's um, boyfriend killed. Just saying. Just saying. Anyway, the great news about this is Donald Trump plans to troll Fannie Willis because it was reported yesterday that Donald Trump plans to actually show up at the hearing on Thursday and sit in the audience, Eli, and just sit there with that smile on his face and troll Fannie Willis. Aw. Wouldn't that be nice? Well, apparently he's going to do it. Let's get into this story real quick. President Trump is rumored to be planning to appear 
at the contentious hearing in Atlanta, and this was first reported by the Washington Post, and then I don't know if everybody got it from there or if, ever, if, if it was reported somewhere else, uh, but the Washington Post reported, citing two sources familiar with the matter. The hearing is set for Thursday, and it will delve into allegations that Fulton County District Court uh, District Attorney Fannie Willis engaged in an improper relationship with the lead prosecutor in the election interference case against Trump and several of his associates. By the way, uh, imagine be Eli. Imagine being Jenna Ellis and already um, uh, going again. Imagine being Jenna Ellis going against Trump. Sticking up for Ron DeSantis, endorsing Ron DeSantis, then raising money from Trump supporters when she finds out she's in the RICO case, then goes to the RICO, goes to the hearing, pleads guilty, even though she wasn't guilty of anything, and now the whole thing might get thrown out sooner than later. Imagine being her. Eli doesn't know who Jenna Ellis is, so he's pretending like it. He's like, oh, who's Jenna Ellis? She, I mean, not not all the way, but. Eli, you know who Jenna Ellis is? Yeah, she's, you know, she's that, that woman. She's that woman. She is that woman. She's that stupid woman who pled guilty and copped out to absolutely nothing. So Donald Trump's going to be sitting there. Uh, isn't it just too bad, lady? What are you going through? Can I help you? Is there anything? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we would like to give Fannie Willis the dumb, dumb award of the day. And I think she's earned it, don't you? There's a dumb, dumb. There you go, Fanny Willis. You guys wanted me to throw the dum-dums again? The dum-dums are back. <laughs> uh, let's pull up the Rumble chat. Let's see what the LFA family is thinking about how Donald Trump uh, is playing these people for a fool right now. He literally is. Eli, he's like a cat. Or he's like a, they're the, they're the, uh, they're the cats. He's the laser pointer, right? He's just playing with them at this point. Yep. The woman we all had faith in back in 2020. Well, I think we had more faith in Rudy Giuliani. She was just uh, accompanying him. But, yeah, I, I get it. Uh, Fulton County is as corrupt as it gets. Here's the question. Is Fulton County more corrupt than Philadelphia? Mm. Jenna played us all for fools. All the Democrats do is lie. Ellis is a psycho. <laughs> I have no respect for people who waver. Heidi, I'm right there with you, girl. Terry Sue says, traitor Jenna. New to the show in the chat, Cecilia14. Well, Cecilia, thank you very much for joining in the show. Thank you for joining in the chat. Uh, Do us a favor, follow the channel and give us a like. That's just a rumble. We'd appreciate that, and we hope you like it here. Some people did some things. (laughs) Jeremy, when is the pecan coffee going to be back in stock? It's back in stock now. So apparently, I better get on the phone. Eli, can you send a message to Sabrina and uh, have her get the quantities um for the coffee where it's supposed to be apparently somebody said we're out i didn't know that i guess we'll get right back to it we're definitely not out jenna ellis went to the dark side i believe that's correct get rid of the rat in georgia says beer for man okay um easy on the sound effects volume now i'm gonna play it again Come on. You got to know me by now. You can't say that kind of stuff. You can't say, Jeremy, don't do this. In second grade, I pulled the fire alarm because they told me not to. Okay? I'm still a 44-year-old child. All right? All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's move on. Um, Do the feds and the FBI have ballot stuffers on the payroll? That's the question. 
do the feds and the FBI have ballot stuffers on the payroll? Now, I hate to play a clip of Fox News, but out of all the people on Fox News, Jesse Waters would be the one guy that I could stand the most. Jesse Waters talked about this ballot stuffer yesterday. We talked about him about eight months ago, but not in depth like this. And this suggests that the FBI and the feds have ballot stuffers on a payroll. Check it out. Issue to Craig Calloway, the Wanda of Atlantic City. Craig was arrested for election fraud in New Jersey, just like Wanda. He's accused of harvesting and stuffing absentee ballots. Craig would allegedly pay people 50 bucks to forge signatures and forage for ballots inside of nursing homes. Craig, Democrat, even served a stint on the city council as president before being arrested for bribery and sexual blackmail. The known harvester is a hired gun for both parties and has been accused of rigging elections for years and bragging about it. Those vote by mails that came in, that over 700 that came in when he was up by 200 something, those came from who? It came from our organization. Primetime's fascinated with Craig the Stuffer. So we sent Johnny to Atlantic City this morning. Do you know Craig? Yes. What do you think of him? My honest opinion, piece of He was caught rigging elections. Again or just the same? Again and again and again. Oh, that's wrong. That's really wrong. You should not do that. It sounds like corruption to me. It was wrong. If he did, it was wrong. This is a pretty much norm in our elections. I mean, there's always someone who's going to try to skirt something around. Is Atlantic City elections corrupt? Always have been. Are the elections in Atlantic City clean? I don't believe so. Not really. Not for us, especially. I've heard of corruption, and honestly, when you look around, you can see that the Atlantic City is not in the best conditions. What's your message to Craig if he's watching tonight? Go lay down and stay your down. That's it. Go lay down. Enough is enough. Ain't he tired? Nope, Craig's not tired at all. He's a busy man. He's so busy that he's been working for the FBI for 25 years. That's right. Craig the ballot stuffer wears wires for the feds to catch people bribing government officials. But Craig the stuffer messed up and got caught taking bribes in an FBI sting. But don't worry, he cut a deal with the feds who just wired him back up for more stings. But then Craig got caught sexually blackmailing a minister in another sting. So Craig's a snitch and a stuffer. Does the FBI have ballot stuffers on the payroll? It's strange because the Justice Department says Craig was caught with a stack of dirty ballot applications back in the midterms, but they didn't indict him until this year. Why wouldn't the FBI want clean midterms in Jersey? Why'd they wait? Well, why don't we just ask Craig? How are you? I'm all right, who are you? Johnny from Fox. From Fox. How's it going? Going well, I'm well. Craig, how many years have you been rigging elections? Zero. Zero years? Zero years. Never, never, never happened. Craig, but you've been charged with rigging elections. Yeah, I can, I can charge you for something. You can, they can charge you for anything. Same with Trump then, I guess. So, no. Craig, but you know that's not right. What's not right? Rigging elections and for, you using, fraudul- using fraudulent ballots. <laughs> People say you've collect- I have no comment. I would appreciate it if you get up and move away from me. Get out my face. So I have to lay one of you bastards down. Craig, what about the people who said they didn't mail their ballots? 
Alex Zidane is a Republican Senate candidate and former New Jersey corruption reporter who investigated Craig for years. Craig claims zero rigging. Does that add up? Well, look, Craig Calloway is one of the most charismatic corrupt criminals I've ever met. And I don't know what he thinks he's doing, but it's definitely not on the up and up. He has gone out there. He used charisma and charm to literally charm the vote out of your hands. Uh, and then he sends his army of bums and winos. We pays 30 or 50 bucks to collect that ballot under New Jersey's messenger law. Look, we know that voting by mail is safe. The problem is when you get folks like Craig Calloway as their delivery system, then you've got a problem. These bums and winos ransacked a liquor store right across from the Board of Elections office in 2017 because they got their money right after they dropped off the ballots. And what did they spend it on? <laughs> liquor. Oh, crap. You say he's charisma and charming, charismatic and charming. He didn't look very charming with Johnny. Well, that's because Johnny's new. He's going to warm up to Johnny, just like he warmed <laughs> up to me. Craig is the kind of guy who, listen, he, he has... 10 or 12 charismatic brothers and sisters, and they form the basis of his operation. And in New Jersey, we know that Craig is not the only one. In this nation, only one state, one state, mandates that the voter, him or herself, must drop off the mail-in ballot. This messenger ballot system is a mess. We look at people like Bob Menendez, yeah, who was credibly accused 20 years ago of meddling in an election. And, uh, you know, we, we all know how that story ended. Bob Menendez, if you're stuffing a ballot box, it's easy to stuff your jacket and your pockets with <laughs> gold bars and cash. And now, Look, and that's why I'm running to replace him. We sent an investigative <laughs> reporter to the U.S. Capitol and the U.S. Senate, and it's an opportunity to crack down on corruption like nothing we've ever seen. We've got to clean up New Jersey. AlexFerenJ.com is, is my website, and I encourage people to join our movement. We're really gathering speed and strength and steam. We've got right. to clean up Washington. We'll start. Ladies and gentlemen, how is that guy charismatic, first of all? He looked like trash, sounded like trash, talked like trash, and was not charismatic at all. If that guy's charismatic, then call me a piece of wood. Because that's about how charismatic that guy is. He's about as charismatic as a stump. Number one. Number two. Eli, can you imagine if I was on public street, right? And I was interviewing somebody and I said, sir, sir, blah, blah, blah. And he says, you might want to get up out of my face right now. What do you think I would say to somebody? Do you think I'd back up and get out of their face? Do you really want to have just said that? <laughs> That's what I would, I would say. I'm going to give you another chance to say something else. Let's rewind. Right, Eli? <laughs> Maybe that's why I'm not out there in the field and I'm in here because I probably would not. I, I don't have that. <laughs> Whatever restraint that is that, um, that on the street, on the beat reporters have, I do not have, okay? I've tried it many, many times. I've tried it many, many times. I would never let Fred Sanford, somebody said he I'm coming, Elizabeth. Oh, Elizabeth, this is the big one. Oh, it's the big one. He did He did look like Fred Sanford. Oh, I love Sanford and Sonny. Eli, remember that show? Oh, yeah. I actually never watched it a whole lot. I've only seen a few episodes. I loved, and I loved All in the Family, too. You'd never be able to have All in the Family today. Right? With Archie Bunker? Oh. <laughs> but everybody still got along. Remember what he called his son-in-law, Meatball? And he looked just like Ron DeSantis. Meatball Ron. No, he didn't look just like him. But if Ron had a mustache, he would. And had bigger heels.
Oh, you big dummy. His son was Lamont, right? Wasn't that his son's name, Lamont? I loved that show so much. Oh, the vote riggers out there. Hey, don't be a rigger, okay? Definitely don't be a rigger. If anything, be a rigger. Definitely don't be a rigger, right, Eli? I'm staying out of this one. It's the hard R that you really don't want to be accused of because then you might, you know, you might be a fraud, right? (laughs) Eli? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, meathead, not meatball, meathead. Well, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, here's a good here's a good answer to are the feds do the feds have ballot stuffers and vote riggers on the payroll? Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is a short clip. You ready, Eli? Exclusive to the Gateway Pundit. Thank you, Jim and Joe Hoft and everybody over there working hard, Kara Castronova and everyone, exclusive. Freedom of Information Act, FOIA documents have revealed a secret 2020 Eli election day meeting with CISA, CSI, CISA, CISA, Dominion, ES and S, the ERIC system, the FBI, and left-wing organizations along with state officials and others. Can you imagine... Can you imagine the kind of collusion that A, it would take to steal an election, or B, the amount of collusion that these guys have done at such a high level, CISA, Dominion, FBI, the Eric system, the Associated Press, left-wing organizations, state officials, and others, and they didn't steal the election. Recently, investigative journalist Yahuda Miller received several FOIA documents that completely reshaped what we were told to believe about the 2020 U.S. presidential election. The election was billed by the Democratic Party, Joe Biden, the mainstream media, the former CISA uh, chief, uh, Chris Krebs, remember him, as the most secure election in the history of the United States of America. But was 2020 the most secure election in America, folks? In the coming days, Yehuda Miller and the Gateway Pundit will release a series of FOIA documents that prove that the statements made by Chris Krebs under oath were most certainly a lie and that he clearly knew these statements were not accurate when he made them. Today, they are releasing information on a secret 2020 Election Day phone call organized by the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, CISA, C-I-S-A, whenever you see that, folks, That's what they're talking about. The Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. Now, remember the guy that James O'Keefe was uh, catfishing uh, on that gay date last week? He's involved with CISA. Now, CISA describes itself as the operational lead for federal cybersecurity and the national coordinator for critical infrastructure security and resilience. However... Since its founding, CISA has morphed into much more sinister and politicized organization. Founded in 2018, CISA was originally intended to be uh, an agency designed to protect critical infrastructure and guard against cybersecurity threats. In the years since its creation, however, CISA metastasized into the nerve center of of the federal government domestic surveillance and censorship operation on social media. By 2020, two years after its uh, birth, CISA... Uh, routinely reported social media posts that alleged 
allegedly spread disinformation to social media platforms. By 2021, CISA had a formal mis and dis and mal information team, MDM, in 22 and in 23 in response to growing public and private criticism of CISA's unconstitutional behavior. CISA attempted to camouflage its activities, uh, activities duplicitously uh, claiming it serves a purely informational role, not a, um, not any kind of a uh, uh, authoritative role, right? Now, Jim Hoft is currently the lead plaintiff in the Missouri, Louisiana versus Joe Biden lawsuit that is heading to the Supreme Court in March. They have been at the top of this since the very beginning. And ladies and gentlemen, at 3.30 p.m. Eastern time today, they have evidence that uh, they will show evidence that a private meeting was organized by CISA officials on November 3rd of 2020. Okay? On November 3rd of 2020. This was an exclusive meeting of CISA officials and their elect- exclusive election partners. This was held late in the afternoon on election day, and it reportedly lasted for a half an hour. The list includes over 200 names of individuals, government entities, private businesses, media outlets, and at least one tech giant. The list includes a curious mix of members from Dominion, ES&S, the ERIC systems, the ERIC systems, which are the voting roll cleaning uh, system uh, built and paid for and maintained by Soros, all right? Amazon, Runbeck, which is the company in Arizona that's working to steal elections, Microsoft, Seidel, several Secretary of State offices, the Associated Press, and leftist groups. Several high-profile individuals were invited to the call, including Jennifer Morrill with the Elections Group, Ryan Macias with the Lafayette Group, Eric Coomer, remember that loser, with Dominion, and Jocelyn Benson. Who's that? Mm, The controversial Michigan Secretary of State. And you want to tell me that the election wasn't stolen? You can't prove to me that Joe Biden won the election. I can prove to you that Joe Biden stole the election. How about that? All of those agencies had a secret meeting on election day from about 3 o'clock in the afternoon on. And you mean to tell me that there was no collusion and there was no election theft? But all the people that could steal the election had a secret meeting on election day late into the afternoon? Are you absolutely shifting me right now? Do you really believe that the election was won by Joe Biden? You've got to be stupid. You've got to be absolutely stupid. We're going to continue our reporting on this. I want to, I'm going to bring on uh, the Gateway Pundits, uh, Jim Hoff, to talk about this this week. And uh, hopefully he'll clear, clear some things up and let us know exactly what's going on. I'll see if he can come on tomorrow, okay? I got to take a drink of my Rise Up Coffee. Eli, how are you doing over there? What are you working on? I'm uh, making Kevin Batman and Chuck Schumer the Joker. <laughs> making Kevin who? Batman. How? I just put the mask over his face. <laughs> but check out Schumer. Come over here. I can't, I can't come over there. I, I'm cutting over there. Oh, all right. See, everybody? <laughs> Big shout out to the Gateway Pundit. Folks, we're only 80 people away. We're only 80 people away from 6,000. So while you guys get out those last few minute shares, I just did it myself. I'm going to talk about Field of Greens. Now, ladies and gentlemen, um, I talked to Field of Greens 
and they said that they cannot give a 15% discount every time somebody goes back and ordered. I got that answer last night. However, I am working on at least a 5% discount for people that go back and do repeat orders. Also, if you do a reoccurring order, you can also get that uh, 15% discount as well. So just knowing it's going to come every month because you know it's going to take you a month to get through it. Uh, they're feeling the economic crunch just like anybody else, ladies and gentlemen. So Brickhouse Nutrition's Field of Greens, it's been a part of my life for going on three years. It'll be part of my life after Field of Greens as a sponsor anymore. Harvest your health with your daily scoop of Field of Greens. It is organic fruits and organic vegetables right from the ground, ground into a powder, put into a jar, and given to you. You take one scoop, boom, you put in a a bottle of water, boom, and your body is actually intaking the nutrition that it always was meant to intake. Eli's over there shaking his up right now. Eli's drinking his right now. I'll drink mine after the show today. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, there are many kinds of field of greens. We're actually going to be doing a giveaway on Friday. So here's the deal. On Fridays now, we are going... Uh, discount on Rise Up Coffee for troops. Oh, there's a discount. If you follow my newsletter, then there's a 20, 20% discount on anything you order ever on the website. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be doing Friday phone calls from now on. So on Friday shows, we're going to be doing phone calls the last little bit of the show. And we're going to be doing giveaways of Field of Greens to people who call in. So make sure you stay tuned and go to fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. Promo code LFA today. Even if you don't get the discount, it still marks as you came from this show and helps keep them here to help us fill in the gap. So, fieldofgreens.com. We almost made it to 6,000, Eli. We almost made it there. Now, is Nikki Haley delusional? She's lost Iowa. She lost New Hampshire. She lost Nevada to none of the above. She lost the Virgin Islands. She's going to lose South Carolina in a bad, bad way. So why in H-E double hockey sticks would Nikki Haley go on Fox or on uh, CNN and say, I'm going to beat Donald Trump? My question is how? Why are you saying this? You can stay in the race without saying you're going to beat him. You could stay in the race and be honest and say, I don't know what kind of path we have to victory, but I'm not going to stop fighting because I am running to be the president of the United States. I would at least, Eli, give that credit. If she said, look, I know I don't have a clear path to victory here, but look, I'm, I'm trying here. What do you want me to just give up? Well, you gave up on everything else, Nikki. You gave up on everything else, so why not? She goes on CNN and says, I'm gonna, not only am I not going to drop out, but I'm going to beat him. How? That's my question. How? That and the fact that they tried to get these two hostages out, we need to let them finish their job. It's interesting that you raise the topic of after 9-11, we didn't want to listen to what any other country uh, had to say about how we would respond. But just philosophically, shouldn't we have? I mean, it's hard to look at what the United States did in terms of Iraq uh, and then, of course, the the 20-year war in Afghanistan and not think that we could have taken some advice. I'm just, this, I wasn't planning on asking this question, but, no. but philosophically, what do you think? So I'm not talking about Iraq or Afghanistan. What I'm talking about is the emotions we felt after that, is understand that we were deeply wounded, we were deeply angry, 
And all we wanted to do was to make sure that we made a wrong right. That's how Israel feels right now. So first, understand that they're hurt and they're bruised and they're broken. Second, understand that Hamas has said that when they get the chance, they're going to do this to Israel again. And so Israel's biggest concern is how do they protect the Israeli people from this ever happening again? Biden needs to understand that if he expects Israel to listen to them. Instead, he's lecturing them. That's not the way you're going to get Israel to listen. You have to look at what Israel's top agenda is. It's to protect the Israeli people. Biden has to show that what he's asking them to do will protect the Israeli people. And he should want that for them. Instead, he's so focused on the people in Gaza, yet he hasn't gone to any of the I'm regional friends to say, why aren't you doing anything to get Hamas to stand I'm down? Why aren't you doing anything to get Iran to stop? Let's not forget, Iran not is at the center I've of all of it. Why has Joe Biden not put sanctions back down on Iran fully? He's yet to do that. That's what he should be focused on, not on sitting there telling Israel what to do. So uh, Donald Trump, as you know, over the weekend uh, suggested that he would tell Russia to do whatever the hell they want to any NATO member uh, that doesn't spend sufficient uh, on defense spending, um, which is part of the NATO agreement. Uh, a number of Republicans have, have come out and backed Trump's comments today. I'm not sure if you saw yesterday Senator Marco Rubio saying that, look, Donald Trump doesn't talk the way somebody who's a member of the Council on Foreign Relations talks, but he was just talking about getting uh, these other NATO countries to start pulling their weight. Why do you think so many Republicans have downplayed this um, and you have found it alarming? Well, first of all, in the administration, he talked many times about getting out of NATO behind closed doors and publicly. So that's just a fact. But the idea that he would side with a thug, the idea that Trump is saying that not only is he not going to defend our allies who were with us after 9-11, by the way, but that he's also going to tell Putin to go ahead and encourage him to invade them is unthinkable. The idea that he is siding with a man who kills his opponents, the idea that he's siding with Putin, who's holding Evan Gersovich just for doing his job, the idea that he would side with a man who has made it very clear that he wants to defeat America. One, as personally, as the wife of a combat veteran, that's the last thing you want to hear from someone who wants to be commander-in-chief because that means he's not going to watch out for the men and women in the military. Secondly, that means he's not going to watch out for our friends. Do the NATO countries need to pay more? Yes, we should always push them to, to carry their weight. Then how are you going to get them to do it, Nikki? How are you going to get them to do it? They didn't do it until Donald Trump came along. They didn't do it until he was pushing and said, look, your, your free ride is over. And what makes them allies? If they're not helping and pulling their fair weight, if the, if the partnership isn't 50-50, then guess what? There is no partnership. There is no ally. by NATO. So why would you go and put our allies and our military in harm's way by saying something so careless? It's what happens when he gets off the teleprompter for two minutes. He becomes unhinged. No, he becomes American and he starts telling the people what they want to hear. Who gives a crap about our allies if they're not pulling their fair share? We care about Americans. A Blue Star wife, your, your husband, Michael, uh, is a major with the South Carolina. Makes Army money National off Guard, war, currently weapons. Currently deployed in the Horn of Africa. Um, in that in those remarks on Saturday, President Trump. So again, I'm done. I'm done giving her airtime. There's no reason why she even should be even on the on the screen. There should be no, even no reason why she's even on TV. 
She, you're literally, you might as well pull a stranger off the street and say, what do you think about what Donald Trump's doing? She has no relevancy. She has none. She won't be there to pick up the pieces. Donald Trump is not going to be dead. Donald Trump is not going to be in jail. There's no path for you. You're a moron. And your husband makes money from the military industrial complex the same as you do. And you've lost every single ballot, uh, every single vote from the beginning until now. What's up, Eli? I just can't understand why you're being so hard on Nikki Haley. She's a winner and she's doing great. And she's a woman, so we got to give her love. Blah, 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 blah. I hear it all. Well, we need a woman in charge. Really? Is that, is, uh, is that why you're voting for? Do you know anything about her? Do you know her name? Her name's Nikki Haley. Eh, wrong from the very beginning. Start over. Her name's Nikki Haley. Eh, start over. You don't even know her name. That's what I would say to people that want to vote for her, Eli. You, here's, here's my challenge to all the LFA family members, okay? If you come across a Nikki Haley voter, Somebody simping for Nikki Haley, right? Ask them what her name is. Just ask them what her name is. If they don't even know her name is Nimrata Rendawa, then don't even have a conversation with them. They don't even know her name. You know her, you don't know her birth name. You know her changed name. If you don't even know that, I'm not even going to talk to you. Because if you're voting for somebody, you should know a lot about them. You should know a lot about them. I know a lot about Trump, the good, bad, and the ugly. I wouldn't go blindly vote for somebody and I didn't even know their name. That's what people are doing with Nikki Haley. Just because she's a woman. Now, speaking of a woman who did some things, ladies and gentlemen, are you ready? Eli, it's not the best news in the world, but it's good news. Are you ready to celebrate? Some people did some things. Ilhan Omar, who sleep with my brother... This is my country. I love Somalia. Some people did some tags. Eli, she has been removed. <sighs> Hold on. Hold on. I got I to gotta, I gotta cherish this <sighs> just a little bit. She has been removed from the Foreign Affairs Committee over her comments about Somalia. I know that's not a lot. I know that's not a lot. I know she's not removed from the House of, Rep- of, Rep- of Representatives, although George Santos was. So how we can't get, a- get rid of some people did some things. I look like a drowned rat. I don't know how we can't get rid of this brother screwer and brother humper. I don't know. But we did. This is the first step. This is the first step. Representative Ilhan Omar did some things has been removed from the Foreign Affairs Committee. The decision emerged on February 12th. 2024, following the allegations of anti-India remarks made by Omar, along with the Somalia, putting Somalia up on a pedestal, and he calls me his daughter, and I call him my father. Right, Eli? I love him so much. We do, we put Muslim Allah first, and then we put Somalia second, and then we put me third. You can't even speak, idiot. And you have sex with your brother. And you think 9-11 was some people dead, some things? We need to get her out of, this, out, of the, out of it altogether, folks. She needs to be removed from the House of Representatives. And Mike Johnson, what the hell are you doing? What is Mike Johnson doing? Does anybody know what Mike Johnson is doing? I never see him on TV. Never see him giving interviews. Hear him say a few things here and there. Nobody cares. He sure as hell isn't doing his job. He sure as hell isn't denying quorum. 
He sure as hell isn't stopping the purse to the FBI or the CIA. He's not stopping the funding. He's letting bills go through. He's not addressing Ilhan Omar and are clearly, clearly putting us at national security risk. No, no. Mike Johnson's sitting somewhere with his thumb up his butt playing hee-haw with the loser gang. Nothing gets done in D.C. Absolutely nothing. Eli, maybe when my media days are done, maybe I'll run for U.S. Congress. I don't know. Because some things, I mean, we don't have enough people down there with spines. Every, I mean, there might be 5% of people down there with spines. 95% of people down there are either losers or they become losers once they get there. Severe lack of cojones. Severe, severe lack of chesticles and testicles, folks. Now, a lot of people said, why do you think that the Tucker-Putin interview was such a big thing? Well, first of all, it was such a big thing because the feds tried to stop the first time he tried to have an interview. That's number one. Number two, it's such a big thing because you've seen the way mainstream media has melted down, including Fox News, over the conversation that he had with Putin. But I think the biggest thing to take away from the Tucker-Putin interview is that Vladimir Putin is not only loved by his own people, but he's loved by Americans more than Joe Biden is. Right, Eli? Do you think that Vladimir Putin is loved by more Americans than Joe Biden is? That's not even a... Don't ask me silly questions. Now, I'm not saying that Vladimir Putin's a good guy, but you know what? I would think about moving to Russia and doing live from Russia if these people were able to jail or kill Donald Trump. I don't know if I'd, I meant, no, I wouldn't. I'd stay here and fight till the death. But I'll tell you what, I respect Vladimir Putin a heck of a lot more than I respect Joe Biden. And I don't even respect Vladimir Putin that much. But I think the biggest takeaway from that, um, from that interview was the pipeline. Who destroyed the pipeline? Is there really biochemical uh, uh, labs, bioweapons labs in Ukraine? These validations coming from uh, Putin about, hey, we didn't touch, why would we blow up our own pipeline? Maybe you want to look at your own CIA. We've been calling that since how long ago? Since it happened? Ladies and gentlemen, check this out. That the U.S. is using Ukraine as the pawns in their proxy war with Russia, and Ukraine is being destroyed as a result of that. Can I just add something to that? I, I'm old enough to remember when the Senate and Congress uh, passed the first $113 billion for Ukraine. And I remember very clearly that what was claimed about that funding is that it would be used by the Ukrainians to evict the Russians from their territory, that there would be a successful spring or summer counteroffensive and the Russians would be pushed out of Ukraine. That was the objective. And that money was spent and the Ukrainians were... Uh, defeated in the counteroffensive, it completely failed. Now they're out of soldiers, we're out of artillery ammunition, and the lines are buckling. And like JD said, we're, there, there's no clear objective for this new $61 billion. No one is now claiming that this money will succeed in getting the Russians out of Ukraine. No one's even um, proposing that victory in this war is an objective anymore. All they're saying is, well, we just need to appropriate this money because we want to avoid defeat or we want to get to uh, a negotiating position with the Russians. 
which, like you guys are saying, we had at the beginning of the war. We had in Istanbul a draft agreement that was signed by the Ukrainians. Uh, David Arakamia, who is the leader of the Ukrainian delegation, said they had a deal. Uh, Alexei Aristovich, who worked for Zelensky at that time, said they were popping champagne bottles because they had a deal. And then Boris Johnson flew into Kiev and all of a sudden the deal fell apart. So it seems like all we're trying to do now is appropriate money to get back to the place that we already had for free at the beginning of this war, which is a negotiation with the Russians. I guess my question for all of you senators is, could we get a real investigation, some congressional oversight, a congressional investigation of what exactly happened in that sort of March, April period at the beginning of the war, where again, they had a draft agreement in Istanbul and then Boris Johnson came in and the Ukrainians walked away. I mean, I would love for the So ladies and gentlemen, basically what that's saying is Boris Johnson, this is the theory and this is what we need to investigate and this is what the Senate needs to open up an investigation into and the House needs to open up an investigation into and when Donald Trump becomes president again, he needs to hold England, the UK, primarily responsible right alongside with Joe Biden. The theory here or the thought here is that Joe Biden and America used Boris Johnson to basically stop any kind of uh, road to peace, to stop any kind of conversation. The CIA ended up using intelligence from UK and from other regions, and they all co-conspired together to further this war, and, and we blew up the pipeline. That isn't news. You know that. I know that. It would be nice if the American people knew that. But Boris Johnson and Joe Biden worked together to prolong this Ukrainian-Russian war, didn't stop it, and America is guilty of blowing up the pipeline. That is what my research has brought me to. That is what my investigation has brought us to. I'm sure you guys have done your own investigation. And Boris Johnson and the UK worked with the United States, blew up the pipeline, dissolved any kind of speak of peace, because they need this war to continue on. And again, you know this, has to be, this war has to continue on because they're putting in fail-safes to get rid of Donald Trump in order to keep this war going on. World War III can only start if two wars continue or go on. China invading Taiwan, Russia invading Ukraine. There can no, not be a World War III without those two wars. So they need those two wars to happen. They need those two wars to begin to continue to go on. They need Ukraine to stay in a perpetual, never-ending war. They want to make Ukraine the new Middle East so that there's always money to be laundered, always money to be made, always bills to be put up, always a boogeyman to point the finger to so that you could pass something else. They're all lies. They're all lies. Every bit of it, ladies and gentlemen. Now, speaking of lies, we're, almost to, we're, almost, we're close to the end of the show. Uh, I want to get into the, Lakeview, or the Lakewood shooter. Remember yesterday I said that it was being talked about that this Lakewood shooter was a trans? Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is true. 100% true. We now know the full identity of the Lakewood shooter, and it definitely is, was a transgender immigrant from El Salvador. Authorities have identified the shooter as Janice... 
Yvonne Moreno, a 36-year-old transgender immigrant from El Salvador, according to multiple independent sources speaking to KHOU11. Moreno, who has a criminal history stretching back to 2005, was previously known as Jeffrey Escalante, based on records from the Texas Department of Public Safety. His past arrests paint a troubling picture encompassing a range of offensive um, offenses, including failure to stop and give information, assault on a public servant, assault causing bodily injury, forgery, possession of weed, theft, evading arrest, and unlawful carrying of a weapon. Do we have this scum? Um, a picture of this scum on the, we can put on the, uh, that's probably the best place to put it. There we go. Pop them on the screen. Jeffrey, this is him right here. Jeffrey Moreno, ladies and gentlemen. Lakewood church shooter identified his transgender legal name. The legal name is Janess Moreno, but Jeffrey is his real name. Isn't it amazing, ladies and gentlemen? More trans shootings. Huh. Isn't that nice? Witnesses report that Moreno dressed in a trench coat and a backpack and alarmingly was accompanied by a child when he entered the church armed with a long rifle. You know what really pisses me off about this? Is that mainstream media is calling it a her. Makes me sick. Makes me want to puke. Mainstream media calling it a her. Because they want to respect her feelings. Even though she tried to kill everyone. He tried to kill everyone. Moreno walked into the building shortly after 2 p.m. Accompanied by a child estimated to be 4 or 5 years old. Opened fire. Detailed Houston, uh, Houston Police Chief Troy Finner. During that news conference, the church was transitioning, <laughs> get it, no pun intended, between services and gearing up for the Spanish language service when the attack happened, as described by televangelist and Pastor Joel Osteen, who spoke at the news conference, blah, blah, blah. Two off-duty officers, 28 years old, from the Houston Police Department and 38-year-old Texas Alcoholic Beverage Commissioner agent, both with under five years of service, confronted the shooter, resulted in him being shot. 57-year-old man caught up in the situation as an innocent bystander was shot in the leg, the child whose relationship with Moreno, Jeffrey, has, been has not been disclosed, was shot and is currently in critical condition. In the aftermath of the tragic shooting at Lakewood Church, attention has turned to the social media presence of identified shooter uh, Jeffrey, whose Instagram account still remains active, uh, at least at the time of this story. So, ladies and gentlemen, another trans shooter. Now, I want you to notice something here. Check this out. Colorado Springs shooter, non-binary. Nashville shooter, trans. Aberdeen shooter, trans. Denver school shooter, trans. Iowa school shooter, transgender fluid. Lakewood shooter, trans. The modern LGBTQ plus AI pedo movement is radicalizing, ladies and gentlemen, and brainwashing and indoctrinating and transforming people into becoming violent extremists. And then when you call them out on this, they say that we're just phobes. Homophobe, transphobe, bigot, moo. Sorry that we're calling... These lesbian, gay, fag, trans, bi, gender fluid, crazy, crazy, radicalized people, what they are. Oh, no. He didn't just say the F word. He didn't just say dyke, did he? Oh, no. Words, words. How about bullets and crazy? How about that? 
They come up with every name in the book for a Christian, don't they? This phobe, that phobe. But oh God, have mercy on your soul if you say dyke or gay or fag or any of that. I have no problem with anybody's sexual choice in their life. I don't care if you have sex with pillows. If you do, choose a MyPillow, promo code LFA. Long story short, ladies and gentlemen, we got to start standing up against this and calling it what it is. This is a radicalized extremist movement under the umbrella of the LGBTQIA movement plus whatever it is, and it needs to be eradicated, period. Period. The movement, not the people, calm down, Christopher Ray. the movement needs to be eradicated. Agree or don't? And now, ladies and gentlemen, before we go to the January 6th footage I promised, I want to play this beautiful video of this father reading this kind of smut that leads to this kind of crap to their very own school board who said, you can't say that language in here. People are waking up, and I love it. Roll Stop it. any good lately. What's wrong, Navarro? I think you like a big in your mouth. Ha, ha, ha. Page 23. The other boy. What's the educational benefit of talking about the What's the educational benefit of talking about that? Is that going to help someone on the SAT score? Hear me kind. Get a shot of that. She can care less. That's a sign. She needs to put down her sign. You're putting me out. For what? For asking you to, ab- to abide by the rules. A board member held up a sign, but the audience couldn't hold up signs. This is tyranny, and we're dealing with a corrupt government system. Hello, Navarro. You notice the audience was right there with him. The audience was cheering for him, not cheering that he got removed. I love that. I love that. I am so sick and tired of people and their stupid feelings, worrying about hurting people's feelings when our children are being turned into something they're biologically not and their heads are being turned into something that allows them to shoot, kill other people and then be killed themselves. Oh, but Jeremy, you can't, you can't be bigoted to the LGBTQ community. Well, I am. How about that? How about that? I don't care. It doesn't bother me if I get backlash for saying I'm sick and tired of the sinful, sexually immoral LGBTQ community. Heterosexuals don't run around telling people what positions they had sex in last night. Eli, what position did you have sex in last night? Uh, that's none of your business. Boom. Done. Simple. Whoa. How about that? Eli, who do you like to have sex with? Uh, I'm going to have to go again with option A. None of your business. None of your business. Wow. How about that? Eli, tell me all about your sex life. Oh, well, actually, it was... Uh, oh, wait, it's none of your business. None of your business. So, yeah, I am bigoted against the entire LGBTQIA pedo plus community. And maybe if the gay community wouldn't have allowed their movement, their movement, to be hijacked like BLM allowed, then maybe we'd have a little bit res- more respect for you. Just Maybe. Until then, I'm not going to sit here and simp for the LGBTQ community because they have a right to have sex with whoever they want to. Cool. Don't care. Never did. Never will. What I do care about 
as innocent people being locked up in a gulag in D.C., not being able to get out while trans shooters can go around and kill everyone. That's what I do care about. Brand new footage showing feds showing their badges in the middle of the fed surrection. Literally showing his badge to other feds. Ladies and gentlemen, brand new January 6th uh, footage. Roll it. Stand interesting footage that you just saw there one thing is for certain after seeing that footage much like every other footage that we've seen is that there were feds in the crowd didn't Christopher Ray FBI director say he wasn't going to say about anything about that hmm? didn't um, Merrick Gardenome Garland refuse to answer that question when he was asked There clearly are feds in the, in, the, uh, in the crowd. You just saw his badge. And we've shown you plenty of different pieces of footages where we've had feds inside the crowd. But that's a new one. So my question is, what was he doing? Because it looks like he was trying to get them to stop beating the people. Right? But then he pulled out his badge. What was pulling out the badge going to do? And then once the skirmish started happening, he was gone. He wasn't in the middle of it. He wasn't trying to stop his federal uh, brothers. The whole thing is a little odd, isn't it? But I think what we can definitely take from that, for sure, I think what we can definitely take from that is the fact that there were feds in the crowd. Right, Eli? Yeah. It was just really odd. It happened right after the guy hit him with the baton, so part of me was wondering, like, did you pull it out and show him, be like, hey, don't hit me anymore? <laughs> you know, I'm one of you. I'm just... An instigator, don't hit me, but... Uh. That's what I was thinking. Like, as soon as he got hit with the baton, that's when he pulled out his badge, and he pulled it... He, he, that's, you see him got hit with the badge? He immediately pulled out the, or the baton. He immediately pulled out the badge. So the way I took that piece of footage anyway, and I'll try to get some more new footage for you, because um, we're always on the hunt for this stuff. It looked to me like he was like, don't hit me, I'm one of you. But it was like 50-50, too. Like, he was maybe pulling it out to say, hey, don't hit me. Or maybe he was pulling it out to say, oh, wait a minute. Well, I'm an agent, and I'm trying to stand with these people. And, you know, it just. 
The whole thing was odd, but that's more January 6th footage for you. Share that around. Do with what you will. Now, before we go, I have to ask this question. Is James O'Keefe all right? Does anybody know? Has anybody heard about since, uh, from, since yesterday of James O'Keefe? It seems to be that one of his, uh, one of his uh, reporters got stuck inside the, uh, the facility, Eli, and they were just gearing up to go get him out. This was last night, so I'm expecting part two to be put up today. Check this out. Our undercover journalist is stuck on the inside. I said, do you feel safe? And he said, no. We're going to park our cars 50 yards away. We're going to ask him to get out. Walks out, gets in the vehicle, we drive away. Apparently there's some guys with guns inside this place and shady dudes. There's a light in the distance. That car is monitoring us. They're, they're trying to light right on us. And if they don't let him go, then they'll go get him. If he doesn't come out, then one of us is going to walk up to this gate and say that we need the individual to come out. Let's go. Tomorrow, Valentine's Day, 4 p.m., we're going to find out the results of what happened. But that right there is the kind of courage we need, folks. We need to start going into these buildings. We need to start showing up on public property and saying, what in the H-E double hockey sticks are you doing here? There's 10,000 of us here, and we want to know now, and we're not leaving until we do. We will make it a very bad day for you. We're just getting started here on LFA TV, folks. We're coming for all of you elitists. You will not take this country from us. And we will succeed. And when Donald Trump gets back in that White House, so help me God, I will die to make sure that happens. Then we're going to see retribution. Then we're going to come after every single one of you. And it's not a secret. Donald Trump isn't keeping it a secret. I'm not keeping it a secret. We're coming for you. So if you don't want that to happen... I guess you better come for us first, but we'll be ready. Anyway, uh, everybody, thank you very much for joining in today. Kevin Smith and the Loud Majority is coming up next. Make sure you stay tuned in for his show. God bless each and every one of you. Continue to carry on here with LFA TV. Ryan Matta, Alan Jacoby, who's actually working with the Trump campaign and the motorcades. He's going to have new information for you. Pete Santilli, Will Johnson, Sean Farish, Drew Hernandez, Roger Stone, and Trumpet Daily, all for the rest of the day. There are right ways and wrong ways, folks, but there's only one Yahweh. So stand up tall. Keep your shoulders back. Keep your chest out. Keep your head up high because you are a child of God and no weapon formed against you will ever prosper. God bless each and every one of you. Make sure you go to jeremyharrell.com. Check out the new uh, flannel shirts. Make sure you get yourself some Rise Up coffee. God bless you guys. Keep your families close. Keep a smile on your face. And whatever you do, keep spreading that gospel. Peace out. Love you guys.